0: I just play Dr. Online, and this week uh, saw me have a birthday. That's right, I had a birthday on Tuesday. Astrologers, put your charts away. And I consider it a bit of a milestone birthday. And, well, you know, there are several milestone birthdays that people have in their lives. Uh, your first birthday, of course, because it's the first and then, then I guess the next one would be five. You make it to five, your kindergarten age, I guess. And then uh, 10 is a decent one. 15, you get your learner's permit for driving a car if your parents allow you. Uh, then 16, of course, sweet 16. Uh, 17 would be a milestone age if you are a member of the band Winger. Uh, let's see, 18, of course, because you're you draft age and and you can vote. You, you get most of your rights at that point. And then I guess the next would be 21. That's when you get everything except you got to turn 25 to be able to rent a car. So 25, another milestone age. Then it's, then it's 30, 40, 50, 55 maybe, 60, 65 retirement age kind of thing, 70, 75, and then Anywhere 75 up is every year is a milestone age then, right? I mean, you know, how old do you think you're going to get to be, right? So, well, I consider this one a bit of a milestone age. Uh, It's 53. I turned 53. Now, that seems like an odd age, doesn't it? Well, I'll explain why it I think is a little bit of a uh, milestone age, except you're going to have to sit through this you guys ever watch, or do you remember, the uh, the sitcom from the 1970s called Barney Miller? It was a TV cop sitcom. You remember that one? Uh, those of you who are younger might not remember it, but it's on MeTV, I think. At least it was a while ago. And I was watching it, and, you know, the thing holds up pretty well. It's still pretty funny. Yes, it's a bit dated, because it went on the air in 1974, and it lasted through, I think it ran through 1982, uh, and it's, you know, it's it's got the 1970s perspective of the world. Uh, and it, But it was intelligently written it was f- and, and, and very well acted. Characters were well drawn uh, the, and, and likable. And the stories felt plausible. You know they got silly once in a while. But I, I'm, uh, I've read that actual police officers, when asked... What t- TV cop show is most like being a, uh, what it's like being a cop? Uh, they would answer Barney Miller because it's a lot of paperwork. it's a lot of mundane type stuff. Uh, it's not all shoot'em ups and, and you know big big crimes, although that's part of it. And, and Barney Miller would have a little bit of that happen in the show as well. The little, you know, the, Some of the big crime kind of stuff would happen once in a while, but most of the time, it was just pretty mundane sort of stuff. and A little bizarre, a little weird sort of stuff, and, and definitely funny. I mean, the show was funny, and it's still funny. I, it holds up. I watch it. It's still funny. Unlike a show like, I don't know, Three's Company, which started out dumb and stayed dumb and is still dumb. Now, if you think it's funny, well... What can I say? You know, a sense of humor is very, very personal thing. Art is subjective. What's art to you might be crap to me, and vice versa. I just my assessment of uh, of Three's Company was that when it came on the air, when I was I don't know what ten, when it came on the air, or maybe twelve, then it was funny then to a twelve year old. But come on, and and see the way I looked at it was. It's it's a dumb comedy written to be dumb. You know, it's not written from smart. It's written from dumb. Uh, it, you know, it's it might. There there are comedies that are silly. There are funny shows that are silly, but they're, they're silly smart, or smart silly. They come from a base of being smart, but they, but they get silly. And, and a perfect example of that, it's not a sitcom, but it's uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus. That stuff could get really silly, but these guys were smart. They started with a base of intelligence, not dumb. And Three's Company just started dumb and stayed dumb. That's just what it was. And if that's the kind of comedy you're into, well, that's the kind of comedy you're into. I wasn't. And so whenever I run, you know, stumble across a, and that's a good word for stumble because uh, Jack uh, Tripper was always falling down and that kind of, he's a, you know, John Ritter was a good physical comedian. And it seems like a good guy, and everybody liked him when he died so young. It was terrible. Um, everybody was bummed because, you know, he seemed to be having a bit of a... He was showing up in some pretty cool films, and it seemed like he might have been going somewhere. Uh, he had a TV series that was doing pretty well for him. I don't know if it, was that, if it was that good a series, if it was dumb, dumb, silly, funny, or if it was smart, silly, funny. But, you know, I don't know. But anyway, um, whenever I stumble on... Three's Company, I stop and look at it for a little bit. I just think, God damn, this stuff is just so dumb. <laughs> How did I ever think this was funny? If I stumble onto Barney Miller, I'll laugh at stuff. It's still funny because I think it was intelligently written. It didn't insult the audience. It didn't come from a position of being stupid. It came from a position of being smart. And that's why I think it holds up. And also, Barney Miller was, uh, was willing to start to... Talk about some of those issues, you know, some some of the issues of the day, just to get the dialogue going. That when you look back from our perspective now, it seems it's dated and it seems kind of weird that they would not be beyond this the point that they weren't beyond. Uh, you know, they would they would bring in issues of. Uh, uh, women on the police force and gay people on the police force they brought up those issues and how and they dealt with them and they tried to use comedy in it as well but and maybe they didn't deal with them as as uh, uh, as thoroughly as it had had come to be dealt with as, as time went on but they were bringing it up they were bringing you know it was part becoming part of the discussion in America and you know now we don't you know, we shouldn't really think anything of and think twice about women being police or gay people being police. So, if they're qualified and can do the job, so that's how it should be. And that's I think for most people, that's how it is. Some, you know, you still got some. And and then they would have, um, they even did just like age stuff. Uh, there was a character in there that, re- that uh, re- reached uh, mandatory retirement, so they dealt with that. And speaking of that character, uh, that was Sergeant Fish. Sergeant Fish was the old man of the squadron. Uh, he was uh, he was the oldest of the regular characters, uh, uh, except for maybe Inspector Luger. Inspector Luger, I'm not sure. I'm not well. Maybe Inspector Luger was even younger than him. Hmm. I wonder. But he was semi-regular. Showed up a lot, but he wasn't. He wasn't one of the squadron guys. And uh, and Sergeant Fish was you know this older cop, been on the force for a long time. World weary, he's tired. His wife would frequently call him. He'd have these f- f- humorous conversations on the phone with his wife, and he would act like he's tired of her and all that. But he really—you knew that he really loved her and 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 did enjoy talking to her, even though he just made it seem as though he didn't. But you knew he did. And and then, of course, there were the frequent frequent birth, uh, bathroom breaks. He would have to go to the bathroom often, and. It, it, he, the, the, you know, an example of the humor of this show. Somebody had uh, posted. Uh, if you were my Facebook friend, you might know where I'm going here, but don't tell anybody else. Just let it be. Uh, somebody had posted a joke that I'm not absolutely certain it was from the show, but it sounds like it could have been from the show. Uh, Sergeant Fish is asked how long he'd been a cop, and his answer was, "I was the first. I think that's pretty damn funny. <laughs> I was the first. That's how long he's been a cop, and that's part of his character. and And he was played by Abe Vigoda. Now, all these actors that played the parts in in Barney Miller were great. They all did a really good job in their parts. They really got to know their characters, and they were they were terrific. And it was a, it was a that's part of the reason why it's such a good show and why it still holds up. And Abe Vigoda really fit that role as Sergeant Fish. All right, so why this talk? <laughs> Oh, Barney Miller and Abe Vigoda and Sergeant Fish. Well, as it happens, Abe Vigoda, the actor who played Fish, the old man of the room, the old fella, the guy that's close to mandatory retirement, Abe Vigoda was 53 years old when Barney Miller premiered in 1974. And if you forgot, I'm 53. I don't think I appear as old as Abe Vigoda. Now, Abe Vigoda is one of those guys who always looked old. He just, he's one of those guys that even when he... I bet you when he was in his 20s, he looked like he was old. He's just He just is. He just has that kind of face, body, structure, whatever. He just always looked old. But he was 53. Now, obviously, he's playing a character much older than 53. And he wasn't even the oldest actor on the set of the regular cast members of the Detective Squadron. He wasn't even the oldest. The oldest was Jack Sue, who played Lieutenant Yamana, who was the the Japanese descent uh, cop who uh, had a gambling problem and couldn't make a decent pot of coffee uh, and always had these uh, interesting jokes and reactions to people going crazy in the in the cage. He was really funny. Um, Jack Sue was about four years older than Abe Vagoda but they didn't play it that way on the show. So... That's where I'm at, and yeah, I'm I'm the same age as Abe Vigoda when Barney Miller premiered, and that also got us thinking. Uh, somebody posted in the, in my Facebook comment about Abe Vigoda, which, like I said, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, you might have known where I was going with this little talk. Um, had had mentioned something that got me thinking about other characters that were older characters on television, and. How you know, and I mentioned it to my wife, and she says, it's funny how we perceive things differently now. Of course, now that we're old, but we don't, I don't think we perceive of uh, these ages as being old anymore. Even people that are younger than us aren't quite as thinking that it's that old. It's like the general consensus is that 50 isn't necessarily old anymore. When 20 years ago or 30 years ago, 50 might have been considered old, but um. There's two other actors that came to mind. One of them was suggested by a Facebook friend. Uh one is Red Fox. Red Fox played Fred Sanford on Sanford and Son. And that was that premiered at some point in the 70s. And Red Fox was 49 years old when that show went on the air. Obviously he's playing he was playing a character much older than 49, but he was 49. I'm coming, Elizabeth. Hey, you big dummy. You know, it's just like <laughs> Really? He was forty nine? And then Carol O'Connor, who played Archie Bunker on All in the Family, which I think went on the air in nineteen seventy one or so. Carol O'Connor was, was forty six when that show aired. It's not you know it's not terribly old. <clears throat> My wife is forty six. <clears throat> but only for a few more days. <laughs> Her birthday's a Tuesday. Astrologers, put your charts away. I don't want you doing any chart reading. So isn't that something? I mean, so that's why I think 53 is a milestone age. When my older brother last, last uh, a couple of years ago, when he turned 54, I sent him a birthday card, and I wrote up this whole thing about Barney Miller and Abe Vagoda and all that. And I said, and why am I bringing up Abe Vigoda? I said, well, when Barney Miller went on the air, Abe Vagoda was 53 years old, and I said, happy 54th birthday. <laughs> I'm a stinker. Oh, oh, oh! I got, I got one of these. I got, I got one of these. That just, you know, I have to get these things out. I just have to. So uh, here we gotta play it. There we go. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio Pedantic Moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Well, no, it might be. It might be. Okay. um, You know the. I'm sure you, you don't watch commercials, but I do. I watch television commercials. I listen to them on the radio, and uh, I've you know I say that you probably don't because a lot of people don't anymore. They, they they've got the TiVos or the DVRs or whatever they call them now, and they just zip right through them. It's commercials. Who watches commercials? I've had I've had people say that to me. Who? Why would you watch commercials? And I said, well, I get about three quarters of my pedantic moments from watching commercials. Might be a high percentage, but. Okay, well, just today I was doing some research for the show tonight, and an ad popped up. I was looking at a, a YouTube video thing, and an ad popped up uh, for Geico, at the insurance company. You know, it been 15 minutes online, and you could save. Is that the one? no? That's Progressive. Uh, it's hard to think. Both of those companies must have a huge advertising budget, because they have. I swear, each of them have dozens of ads, dozens. I mean, Geico's got the lizard guy, and then they got sports guys doing stuff, and and then they've got all these other little ads that are that are funny, and and you know some of them are pretty clever. And then the Progressive, has got all those ads with Flo, and then the other guy, what's his name? Jason is that his name? I don't know. Jeremy, whatever the other guy's name is, got a bunch of those commercials, and so it just they just seem like these companies have huge advertising budgets you would think that maybe they cut the advertising budget a little bit and lower our premiums anyway um, there's a there's a Geico one where they they, they they set up a scenario and they say it's pretty surprising you know, this, Whatever you see unfold. And when it's done, it's is pretty surprising. Well, what else is surprising is how much you can save at GEICO or something like that. Well, it starts out. The ad starts out. It's at, you know, I guess we're outside Buckingham Palace, which is over there in the UK, in London. I've been there. I've, and I've stood outside the Buckingham, Buckingham Palace and look, looked at the building. And uh, they have these, the, the you know, the guards, the London guard guys. You know, they wear the red jackets and then they got the, or the red coats. And they got the big, the big oversized helmet thing that sits up about i don't know 5 feet off their heads well, not that high but and, and i believe it's made of bear fur that that furry st- i think that's what it is anyway and they stand there very stoically stock still they don't they don't react people make, you know, make faces at them and talk to them and whistle at them and stand next to them and take pictures if you touch them they'll they'll kick into action if you touch them but if you know as long as you're not doing anything threatening they just stand still I mean, but those guys will go into action if they need to. But don't get fooled by that video where there's a guy messing with uh, with uh, one of those guards who's just standing out in the middle of nowhere. No, the guards have a little. There's a little stand that they stand by. You know, he's just standing out in the middle of nowhere. His uniform doesn't quite fit right, and this guy, this this tourist, is making all kinds of fun of him. And then at some point, the guard just pu- punches the guy. Don't believe it. It's a setup. It's baloney. It's BS. Don't believe it. But anyway, so in this ad. There's the guard. He's sitting there. And this guy walks up to him, wearing one of those big hats. Uh, and he's he comes up, in, but he's also got a bathrobe, a dirty T-shirt, shorts, you know, with the, I don't know, Hawaiian-type pattern shorts on. And he's wearing flip-flops. He's got, uh, you know, a two-day growth of beard. And he just looks rather slovenly. And he shuffles up to the guy. He's carrying with him a folding lawn chair. And, and he says, all right, mate, you know. Off you go, and he takes the gun, and the other the guard walks off, and and this guy opens up the, the folding chair, sits down, and takes out a newspaper, and he's waving to the crowd and all that. And and the voiceover says, Casual Fridays at Buckingham Palace? That's surprising. But what's also surprising is blah, blah, blah. And I just went, I looked at it and said, No, no, guys, um, that's not casual Friday. That's, I don't have to go to work Friday. That's vacation Friday. That's sit on your ass at home Friday. That's not casual Friday. You know, casual Friday, you, there still are some rules you can't show up in a United States flag speedo and a and a midriff revealing T-shirt and you know wander around the office there. Will Ferrell did that on a skit on Saturday Night Live. You, you can't do that, and you're not going to show up. And it, it's it's it's. I mean, it's if you're going to be casual, have it casual, not not slovenly, not Oscar Madison. Well, okay, okay, I know. I know, it's a pedantic moment. It's it's just a little thing. It's just a little thing. It bugs me. It's just a little thing. You know, it's it's a pedantic moment. What can I tell you? Right now I can tell you I'm going to head to break. You're listening to Dim Land Radio, Dim Land Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimford Simmons. I'll be back. Just sit tight. Bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once, and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. Oh lord honey can somebody tell me what my future holds hey man you think I can get a reading ah. wrong answer it's time for dimland radio with your host dr dim jim fitzsimmons only on z talk radio Movies like Contagion are fiction, but disease outbreaks can and do happen. Early detection allows public health officials at the state, local, and federal levels to manage and reduce the spread and impact of a contagious disease. CDC stands ready to respond. Our scientists work 24-7 to address current and potential health threats. For more information about CDC's work or how you can stay healthy, visit www.cdc.gov. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ZTalkRadio.com. I am your host, Jim Doctor Dim Simmons. Okay, uh, but speaking of those Geico ads and the Progressive ads, there's there's a Progressive ad. There's a couple of them that are variations on the same theme, and they're they're done like a like a soap opera. Uh, you you might know the ones I'm I'm talking about. Uh, they they feature Susan Lucci. In them. Uh, oh, speaking of Susan Lucci, uh, I got a movie recommendation. Uh, this, uh, I know it's going to be kind of weird, but it, believe me, I'll get it in there. I'll get it figured out. You'll, you'll just stick with me. Uh, my wife and I were just watching it uh, last week, I think it was. She had heard that it was pretty good, and it's streaming on Netflix. It's a movie called The Iceman. It's from, uh, let's see, uh, I think it's 2012, and it stars Michael Shannon... Uh, along with uh, Winona Ryder, and uh, let's see, Ray Liotta's in the movie. Uh, Chris Evans, David Schwimmer, James Franco even shows up in there, and it's 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 I guess it's kind of an indie film. It's it's. I, I I don't recall hearing about it, but Amy heard some good things, and it's a it's a film about uh, um it's it's based on a true story. It's based on an actual guy who became involved with uh, the mob. You know, a mob situation, a mob boss guy that uh, uh, he was a hitman, and he would you know take he. We learn early in the film, and uh, the character is played by Michael Shannon, who plays who's really good at playing kind of menacing, little off, little off. Characters, and uh, he's very good at it. And he plays this guy, um, big, intense, quiet, generally. Uh, but you know, you can you learn early in the film he ha- he does not have a problem with killing. Okay, you learn that early on, and uh, he gets recruited to work for Ray Liotta, who's uh, some kind of a low-level gang gangster mob boss kind of guy. And and yeah, as a as a hitman, so it it's the film. It can get a little bit brutal. There's a there's it's not heavy violence throughout, but there's a there's a couple of shots. There's a couple of things that happen, and there's one uh, segment in there uh, involving Chris Ag- Evans and and Chris Evans who plays Captain America. In case you didn't recognize that. Uh, he plays another fellow that's a, that's a hitman, kind of a freelance hitman, works for just about anybody. And uh, the, if there's, a, there's a sequence in there uh, dealing with um, the disposal of bodies. Gets a little, gets a little, just so be warned. If it's not your thing, that's not your thing. But it's, I thought it was a fascinating film. I thought uh, Michael Shannon was really good in it, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And there's a point in that film where he's at home watching TV. And on TV is a soap opera. And it shows... It's got Susan Lucci on there. And it's from that time period. Uh, The time period of of this movie is uh, 1970s, I think. Uh, Yeah, it's 1970s. And so so Susan Lucci is in this scene. It's from an actual soap opera from back then. And it is just ridiculous. And you look at it, and, and it's just like... People watch these things. I used to watch some soap operas when I was working nights and I was living at home with my mom and dad. You know, I was living at home and so mom and I would watch some soap operas, but I was working nights. Yeah. So, (laughs) and good golly, this they're just ridiculous, just silly. And uh, uh, that's what I was seeing there. So, that's what got me. Thinking about the, you know, the the progressive ads with uh, with Susan Luce. So, anyway, check it out. It's called uh, The Iceman. It's streaming on Netflix, so it's it's worth it. If it's a little, It gets a little brutal, so if you're not into that kind of thing, be warned. But if you like uh, crime shows and, you know, mafia-type movies about hitmen and that, uh, you might find this one uh, diverting. Anyway, so back to the progressive ad. Now, I actually like this one because I think it's funny. So this is funny smart. That's, I think so. It comes from a base of of smart, and it's it's a parody of the soap operas, and it's got two characters um, uh, talking to each other in very soap opera acting fashion, and in the background, in the, in the maids out. Well, it, it, as as the maid is Flo, that's the character we know from these ads. Not just the woman that's you know in the in the in the progressive ads. Um, she's she's has, she's the maid in the scene. And it's a, it's a man and woman, and the woman is, is telling the guy that, that, to this man that she's leaving him, and, yeah. <laughs> and she he he's uh, she says that you you haven't been there for me for for two years or you haven't been with me, there for me for so long. And he says, well, I've been in a coma for two years. <laughs> and he says, well, who stood by you when you were when you had amnesia? And she says, you know, I can't remember that. And then Susan Lucci pops in and says, I've just woke up from a coma. And they say, a nap is not a coma. <laughs> or something. It's funny. It's funny. So sometimes there are some ads that I do like. That's. I know it might seem hard to believe. But there are some that I think are funny uh, that are worth watching. So I'll try to find those those video uh, the commercials and link to them so you can check them out in the show notes to find my show notes go to dimland.com click on the blog option the show notes will be there uh, you know as long as I'm doing that kind of work hey you, you know if, you, if you're on Facebook if you want to head on over to dimland uh, radio just look it up on Facebook and and you can you know like dimland radio I'm up to 187 187 likes just got a new one this week. Uh, so you know why not? It's it's what will it hurt? I do need to get a little more active on that page. I've been kinda of slacking a little lately. Uh and, and I'm sorry. But uh you know, busy, busy, busy. Okay, uh Huh. I wanted to talk about this uh this guy. I haven't talked too much about the YouTubers and the YouTube uh community out there. Um there's you know, the you know how the internet is. The internet gets to be uh, you know, it's a wonderful place, it's a terrible place all at the same time. And you got a lot of bullshit out there, and you got a lot of good stuff out there, and you got and you've got trolls, people that lurk that just wanna cause trouble. And you you get you know, you get these battles that go back and forth and, and all that, and you get controversial characters and uh, it it's it's it gets to be a bit of a mangle out there. Can't we all just get along? And uh, I uh, I listened to some. Watch some videos that are produced by some people that might be, you know, uh, might not be favored by people who are interested in social justice. Uh, and in fact, you know, the people who are in favor of social justice, you know, they get derogatorily called social justice warriors. Although many of them take that as a badge of honor, you know, a name of honor. Yes, I am a social justice warrior. I want social justice for for everybody. But there are those out there that would counter, well, everybody except for cis, heterosexual, white males. Except for them. Well, you know, they've had the power. (laughs) I'm I'm not coming down on that side. It's just, there are some of those guys out there and I've watched some of their their videos. And there's one guy in particular. And he's a pretty popular uh, YouTuber. He's got something like Six hundred thousand subscribers, something like that. And I bring it up because I was listening to, um, I was listening to one of uh, uh, my friend Maddie, uh, one of her podcasts. Uh, she hosts the, uh, it's called a Minnesota Trans Atheist Podcast. She hosts that, and I was listening to one of her more recent uh, podcasts, and she does a monologue at the beginning, and uh, before she interviews a guest. And uh, she talked about this particular character, and brought something up that uh, something he said, and that that uh, I had been aware of it uh, before she brought it up. But it got me thinking that maybe I would talk about it on this show a little bit, dive into it a little. Uh, the guy's name goes by Sargon of Akkad. Uh, that's not his actual name, but I, I don't know his actual name, and I didn't want to, I, didn't, I, I know it's out there somewhere, but I didn't bother looking for it you know sargon of Akkad, you'll find him and i I'd, I'd heard of him uh you know i'd watch videos by youtubers like uh steve shives and uh you know he's on the other side he'd be on that social justice side and gets seen has problems with youtubers like um uh sargon and uh, and i would watch you know videos by thunderfoot and uh and, and by the armored skeptic, and when they when the guys stay within skepticism, they they tend to be they tend to be fine, uh, but then they start to to move out, and they some of these guys have a real problem with feminism, and and they, and they'll make videos about it, and once in a while you know I'll watch these things. Now I have not done a deep dive on Sargon of Akkad, but I have watched a few of his videos, and I've never really seen anything that 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 came across as, as you know, off-putting for me. Uh, he makes some points that I uh, agree with, and, you know, that I find reasonable. Even when he makes points that I don't agree with, I still think, I still find them to, would find them to be reasonable. I understand, you know, he seemed to come by them honestly and did his research or, you know, just looked into things and wasn't just knee-jerking it. But, yeah, he, I might have disagreed with him. And he does tend to enjoy calling people idiots. He likes to use that, and I don't like doing that. I prefer to call somebody an asshole or a jerk. Uh, try not, to, I try to stay away from dick. And that's a gender-based kind of thing. So let's, you know, everybody's got an asshole, and anybody can be a jerk. So, yeah, and and that's and that's not so much. If you call someone an idiot, you're 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 attacking their intelligence. Uh, if you call someone an asshole, you're attacking you're attacking their attitude, and I think that's a little different. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was watching some, uh, you know, when you call someone an idiot, for me, that, that I have a real problem with that. It's just, even if you made the greatest point in the world just before that, and then you called the person an idiot, you just lost a lot of points just by, by doing that. You just gained a bunch of points by making a great uh, observation. And then you kill it, destroy it, and there is an example of it. And I'll try, I'll find the video so that I, I'll, I'll link to it. I don't know the name of the woman who, who does this, but um, uh, it, it's a, uh, it's, it, I guess it's a discussion show that's on in England. I think and uh they had a they were having a discussion about religion and they had people on a panel and then they have an audience around and this woman was sitting in the audience and she was she was responding to a pastor, a Christian, who was saying that he believes that aborted babies go to heaven. Uh, all aborted babies go right to heaven. It's a free ticket in. So she very intelligently, very rightly and very to the point says then we're doing these babies a favor by aborting them. We're sending them to heaven. So so her point is, you should be pro-abortion. <laughs> Why are you stopping it? And the guy had came up with some reason or whatever. But, but I thought, that's an excellent point. We're doing these babies a favor, aren't we? Uh, and then she had a couple other points in there that were really good. And, and then she... Wrapped everything up the video clip calls it a calls it an atheist bitch slap, which again you, know, you have to call it bitch slap, but you know okay, it's a term, but uh she wraps up her the points that she just earned and gives them all back by saying you know she she doesn't believe in the in the religions because she's not an idiot, ah uh. You just you just lost all your points. You gained I don't know how many at least ten. I usually give out points in blocks of ten, and she lost every one of them by doing that. It's it's you know some people look at it as being yeah you got one on them and oh that's a burn, but no it's it's just it's shooting yourself in the foot because people that might be on the fence people that might be. Uh, not sure either way, and are listening to your points and said and thought to themselves, you know, you're right. If if all aborted babies go to heaven and heaven is a wonderful place to be, we all want to go there. Well, then we should be aborting more babies. Then abortion's a good thing, and 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 the church ought to be behind abortion. It's a good thing. You know, they might be saying, I see your point. You're making a great point. Oh, you just called him an idiot. Uh, what you know? What kind of a jerk are you? You see what I mean? So, Sargon of God has that. He does that. Well, okay. And that, and that, you know, that would bother me, but it's, again, it wasn't enough to put me off. Well, some months back, uh, there was this uh, convention called uh, MythCon... And there was a bit of a controversy before it even started because some of these guys, some of these YouTubers, Sargon being one of them, were invited to be on panels or to give presentations or to talk or to come in to be interviewed or something like that. And there was a bit of a a kerfuffle about it and some people decided not to go. And this is where I had a problem with the people on the other side from the Sargons. Uh, There's a fellow named, uh, what the hell's his name? He's the Thinking Atheist, Seth Andrews. Seth Andrews, Seth Andrews. He's the thinking atheist. He has a fantastic radio voice. Oh man, does he have a great voice. <laughs> he decided not to go. Uh, to not to be part of it, not to take he was invited and he was gonna go, and then he finds out about these other guys and he decides not to go and he gives his reasons why and they were fine, reasonable, seemed fine, and he did bring up that these guys were on there and he didn't want to, you know, be on the same type of Event that would have these guys there, and he had his other reasons. And those that are on the opposite side, the the, the in the enemy camp of the Sargon's of the world, there were some that weren't even happy with that. They weren't happy with how he bowed out, how the thinking atheist bowed out. And I thought, well, come on, <laughs> you have to, you know, cut the guy some slack, cut him some slack. Okay, he's bowing out, and he does say what you. you know, it's just uh, so that I have little, I have some problems there. I mean, we're not perfect. Stop expecting us to be perfect. Okay, you know, even in your own camp, you're not perfect. People not in your camp, not in your tribe. not We're not perfect people. Stop expecting us to be. You know, hold us to a standard. I got you. But, okay, if we're following your standard, but we may not be doing it in the exact way that you particularly want it, you know, come on. Cut us a slack. Cut some slack. Cut the guy some slack. Oh, before I get too much further on... I'm going to cut myself some slack. I don't know. Is that a transition? I don't know. Uh, I'm heading off to my next break. Uh, you're listening to Dim Land Radio on the Talk Radio Network. I'll get back to more about Sargon when I come back. Uh, this is Dim Land Radio on the Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I shall return. Easy, to Radio Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real, or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Delfal News helps you decide. Can you really believe this stuff? Okay, I have something here. It's... It's an EVP. I'm telling you. It's really something. Um, I need to call it up. I gotta tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you. And, uh... well... I won't. Uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're going to hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Get out! Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I. I, I think that was clear as day. I heard. Well, I don't understand it, but it's, I heard bread, trout, clear as day. Ooh, creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. You're listening to Z-Tap Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Oh, I was talking about Sargon out of Akkad, and I said that even though I haven't done a deep dive on his stuff, I have watched a few of his videos. And as I said, some of the stuff I found that I agreed with, some I didn't agree with, but I he seemed Fairly reasonable throughout, um, yeah, and 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 agreeing with somebody, you know, it's like that, you know, the saying, you know, a stopped clock is still right twice a day. Of course. You know, it depends on what the clock is. If it's a clock that has hands, you know, an analog clock that's got hands and numbers on it, well, yeah, it's right twice a day. But if you got a digital clock and it's one of those, you know, like the LED numbers that light up, and that stops working, well, in most t- cases, it's just going to turn off, so it's not going to be right even once a day. It's not even on. But if the numbers just stay frozen there, well, you know, then it's going to be right once a day because it usually has an indicator whether it's AM or PM. And and remember those other digital. Clocks before the, you know the, the older digital clocks the ones that had the numbers uh, printed on a little piece of plastic and all those little tabs in there and you used to spin those over when you were putting the clock ahead, ahead an hour back an hour depending on what time of year it was you know and it's those were fun those are fun you like to spin through them zzz, 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 you know they flip all those things over and even those had a little am or pm on the on the corner of one of the numbers in there so that would only be right once a day so okay all right so depending on the clock even a stop clock can be right twice a day. You see how, if I was really super pedantic, or if I allowed myself to be super pedantic, how I could, you know, I could spend an entire show talking about clocks and all that because of my pedantry, right? Okay, so I do keep it under control, <laughs> at least a little bit. So anyway, like I said, so I mean, so he's right in some things. You know, stop clock. Yeah, let's not start that again. And I, I hadn't. I hadn't seen anything or heard anything from him that I found to be uh, objectionable to the point of saying, "Okay, we're done," you know. I, I, I didn't find anything until MythCon. MythCon takes place, and uh, Sargon's there. And there's a uh, there's a I saw the video uh, part of it anyway, where. Sargon is being interviewed by a fellow named Thomas Smith, who I'm told has a good podcast, and I should check it out, uh, which I might, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> um, Thomas Smith is uh, having a conversation with Sargon, and Sargon's one of these guys. When you see him, you know he's a good-looking guy. He's young, uh, he's, kind of, he's well-groomed, uh, pleasant-looking. It's nice smile, nice eyes. You know he's a, good-looking young man, but he also has the capacity of that smug look. You know, the one I'm talking about? I hate that look. I hope I never put a look on my face, but he has that, that look that says, every one of my opinions is right. I am right about everything. I am never wrong. I just, I can't stand that. I mean, I... I, don't, I, I hope I never get that look on my face because I try to remember that I can be wrong. I'm not always right. I know my wife says I think I'm always right, but I'm not always right. She says I'm perfect, but, you know, that's because she loves me or she's thinking I'm a jerk or something. I don't know, you, however it works out. But anyway, um, it's, I just can't stand that. And he adopted that look on his face when he was being uh, interviewed by Thomas Smith. And they've got an audience watching. They're up on a stage. And Smith was asking Sargon about a tweet or a text message or something that, he, that Sargon had put out uh, about a politician, uh, a woman politician, uh, a woman politician who had uh, experienced sexual assault in her life. And... Uh, he was uh, Thomas Smith was finding out from Sargon if if, in fact, uh, he had said this, then he tweeted it. And Sargon, proudly, yeah, I did. and he he puts his hand, he, he gestures to his to his cohort out there in the in the in the audience, and they all cheer. Not the whole audience cheered, but a bunch of people cheered. a lot of them cheered. I mean, real classy. Now what did he say? He said to this woman, who had been sexually assaulted in her lifetime, he said to her, I wouldn't even rape you. We're done. I said, okay, we're done. We're done here, pal. We're done. It's, let me take that apart a little bit. huh? I mean, why? Why? I mean, that's what Thomas Smith was asking him, "Why would you say something like that? And, and Sargon tried to weasel, saying that the woman means so little to him he wouldn't even rape her. And I just it still, it still doesn't work. It still doesn't work. You know the word "even being in there is a qualifier. It suggests that there's more to that sentence that's not said. It implies that there's more to it that isn't said. You could say it at the beginning of that sentence or at the end of the sentence, but it's missing. And what's missing? What's missing is, I'm a rapist, and I wouldn't even rape you, or I wouldn't even rape you, and I'm a rapist. That's what's missing. And I know that's a drop that people could use. And you know, no oh, look, here Dr. Dim saying he's a rapist. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, it, it's it, that's the implication is there, and the crowd cheered that, and it was. I don't the I, 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 <laughs> the thinking that goes through this. And Thomas Smith is up on the stage, and he was you could see he was a bit shaken by this. And he wasn't necessarily shaken by Sargon's answer and attitude, because he had a pretty good idea. I think he was surprised by the reaction of some of the members of the audience. And he even, you know, wagged his finger at those guys out there in the audience, and and shame on you, essentially, saying to them. And I would have, you know, kind of looked over and given them a double thumbs up and say, oh, stay classy, guys, stay classy. Because what Thomas... Smith didn't ask Sargon, which um, at the moment, I'm not even sure it would have come to my head, but you know, it, when I saw this, uh, the thing that I first thought was, you know, the question you got to ask Sargon next is, well, um, Sargon, um, can you tell us, and, and those of you in the audience who just cheered just now, and I mean it, stay classy, uh, those of you who did that, in the audience, I want you to think of an answer, too. And if you guys could all post it, if you'd all put it up on Twitter or on Facebook, just post it. Um, uh, Post your answers to this. I think it would be very helpful. Uh, Sargon, um, who would you rape? Because that statement, I wouldn't even rape you, suggests that you would rape somebody. Strongly suggests that you would rape there's, there's somebody who would rape. So, who would you rape? Could you give us the list, because we'd like to post it somewhere so the, so the men and possibly... Uh, you know, the women, I should say, and possibly men that would, might be on that list can avoid you and stay not raped by you. That, I mean, it just... Uh, it, it was... You know, the guy's an atheist, he's a skeptic, and all that kind of stuff, but, oh my goodness. My lack of God... It does. He, it just didn't even occur. It's it just this. This is the problem. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the problem. It's how can you? How can it not occur to you that saying such a thing, even if if if, if she wasn't uh, uh, someone who had uh, had experienced rape, even if she wasn't someone like that, it, just just a woman who who may never have had any serious. Sexual harassment or anything in her life had gone through her life uh, without having, you know, with getting nothing but respect from men. Uh, Even saying it to them, it's just how could, what, what, why would you even think that? How does that phrase cross your mind and you don't stop yourself and say, you know, that's a pretty stupid thing to say. I'm being an asshole. I mean, that's, he's being an asshole. That's just being an asshole, Sargon. Sorry, it's just that's just it. I mean, there was I uh, I I I don't want to go too on uh, too much about it, but it's just. It's it's not even. I, I will tell you something. I I have learned a lot th- from Gillette listening to his podcast. Now he me he's not perfect either, and there are probably some people that have their gripes with him. What are you gonna do? But um, there's something he says. On his on his podcast, um, and he, he says this as a response to the religious folks out there who use as part of their argument uh, that if there wasn't a god, you know, trying to convince atheists that they should believe in God, if there wasn't a god, you know, uh, you know, what keeps them from raping and killing? It, and that's I mean that's a scary question for an atheist. Because the atheist is going to look at that person, the believer and say, are you telling me that the only reason that you're not raping or killing anybody is because you believe in a god? Is that are you are you suggesting that? Because if you are, by all means, keep believing in a god. I'm not going to try to convince you out of it because if that's the thing that's keeping you from raping or killing other people, well then I say you just go right ahead and keep believing in your invisible sky daddy, <laughs> or I'm sorry to be as flippant about it, but you know really you keep believing in him, or in the several gods that you believe in, or whatever, whichever god you believe in. You know you just go keep keep believing because, as Pendjilet has pointed out, he he just tells those people he says you know I've raped and killed all the people I want to, that I've ever wanted to. And that number is zero. I don't want to rape or kill anybody, and I don't either. You know, Penn doesn't want it. I don't want it either. I think that's a that's a good way of looking at it. It's just, it, it doesn't even occur to me. It's just to you know, and that's what is so troublesome. Of of the trolls that get on the internet and start you know commenting on somebody and and throwing out there you know you well, have if, if I get if I get you I'm gonna rape you or something well all right, boy I hope you rape, uh, rape you know, somebody rapes you I that does not ever come into my mind ever and I'm not trying to be you know like ain't I great it's just that it's just it's not my thinking and it's it's just bizarre so it shows that there are problems and there's a way to go there's a ways to go before you know some people got to get convinced they got to through get their through their heads um yeah so yeah so i (laughs) i haven't watched any sargon stuff since then any of his stuff it's once i found that out i was done Let's see, how much time have I got here? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I do, well, I suppose I'll get to my three cool things. Three cool things that, that happened in the last week or so. Uh, well, number three, uh, it was my birthday, and even though I turned 53, and I'm the same age as Abe Gota, you know, when I said at the top of the show, Yeah. even though there's that, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to have a birthday. Still around. Made a trip around the sun. Got my 54th one started. It's, it's amazing how quickly as time goes. It is. It really is. I mean, we're already more than halfway through November. It was just Halloween. It's just... <laughs> next week is Thanksgiving. What the heck? Uh, number two. Number two. Um, uh, this week over at the Stuck in the 80s blog, and I'll link to all of them uh, on, the, on the show notes, I did a week-long series. Uh, there's one more part to go on Saturday. Uh, uh, a tribute to one of my favorite bands, XTC. Uh, they were never found in the '80s. I, I define a never found artist as one that uh, has never had a song crack the American Top Forty, and so I've been, you know, it's 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 my way of calling them uh, of calling alternative artists doing you know, alternative music, underground music, punk rock, whatever, um, and I've done a. I've uh, done more than a hundred um, for the Stuck in the 80s blog, and well, uh, the the fellow who runs the blog, Steve Spears, was um, uh, doing a week long 80s event. And he wasn't going to be able to write. And the other fellow that uh, that contributes to that uh, blog, uh, his name is Kevin Wench, and he does a series called Lost and Found, and that's where he finds. They're not necessarily alternative songs, but they're artists that you may know, but they're songs that you may have forgotten about, or they may be artists that you've forgotten about that had a hit or something. Then it's very, he's very prolific, but he too was a little too busy to be able to fill a week. So Spears, he said, hey, damn, you got any, uh, you got any never founds? So I did a whole week of of XTC. So uh, that's pretty cool. In fact, all the bumpers for tonight's show were songs by XTC, one of which was one of the songs that I used uh, during the week, except for some reason that one didn't get posted. And it was the first part (laughs) of the week-long thing. On Monday, it never got posted and it was for the song Dear God. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I'll ask Spearsy once he gets back from his trip. I'll say, hey, you know that the first part didn't even didn't even post uh which it's kind of weird because the second part talks about xtc week continuing and they don't even get the setup from the first part so hey what are you gonna do um and the number one the number one coolest thing hasn't happened yet i alluded to it last week As as I think it was the number three coolest thing. I couldn't say what it was going to be exactly, but uh, I'm going to be a guest on Minnesota Atheist Radio. I was on there once before as part of a group uh, session on there, um, uh, a group of podcasters were brought in, and and uh, I was one of them. And uh, my friend Maddie, uh, she, who does the Minnesota Trans Atheist podcast, uh, she also hosts uh, the Minnesota Atheist Radio, uh, not every week but uh, um, frequently. And uh, she she and I just at the last Minnesota Skeptics Meetup we had hammered out uh, a, a date for me to be a guest on the show, which was going to be in February. But this week, just today, she said, a guest had dropped out. Is anybody interested? And I sent her a message. I kind of hinted that, well, I might be. <laughs> and she said, let's bring in. So it hasn't happened yet. I didn't want to talk about it last week because, you know, things happen, might fall through. But it looks pretty good. So Sunday morning, I'll be on that. I'll uh, I'll set up a link to the show if you want to get up at 9 a.m. Uh, uh, Central Time, and uh, I think you can get it. To, you listen to it online as well as uh, on the actual radio. But uh, you know, if you're in California, <laughs> it's going to be kind of hard to tune it in. But uh, yeah, that's that's cool. That's uh, that's one of the uh, one of the uh, uh, coo- that's the coolest things that have happened this week. So I hope you've had at least three cool things happen to you this week. Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. And I've made it to the end of another show. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons, uh, wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving, those that celebrate it, because you know, if you're other parts of the world where you don't do Thanksgiving, well, what are you going to do? Uh, but otherwise, to everybody else, I'm reminding you to sleep with the lights off. We'll see you next week. I should. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for tuning us in. in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. wow. Well, I'm going to hell.